locked on Bucks. It's game two. It is not the result that we saw in game one. Uh, there's no Kane Pittman today. Kane is traveling for uh, NBL work in Australia, but you've got Frank, you've got Camille. Uh, we're going to work through what we just saw from the Bucks and Celtics in game two, and we're going to talk about what it might mean moving forward, how the Bucks need to respond after these three days off that we have to think about it on Saturday. Let's get into it. It's Locked on Bucks. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win I was joking with Camille before we started that the, the last time, and, and maybe the only time, Camille, that we've ever done a podcast mm-hmm. together was uh, the the three-person weave following the Bucks-Lakers, the first Bucks-Lakers game uh, this past season, which was a very fun game because Giannis destroyed Anthony Davis, although he does that pretty much every game now. Uh, these circumstances, less enjoyable um, but Camille, at least we have each other. We can talk to at least one other person about what, what we just saw. And I would say, you know, I, I tried to talk myself into like, Hey, bucks aren't going to be, maybe the bucks just aren't going to be satisfied. Maybe the bucks are going to come out and say, screw it. Let's take two from Boston to start this series. Instead, it looked very much like a typical home team. Just lost game one. They come out super fired up. They have the crowd on their side. Mm-hmm. The Bucks ah, were they satisfied having already taken their one game on the road? I don't know if it was <laughs> self-satisfaction uh, or just, you know, again, us beginning to see the lack of Chris Middleton effect, not having the shot creation that we're used to them having at full strength, and Boston just coming out and, and making everything. Uh, what did they make? Five out of six, six out of seven of their first threes. They finished 20 out of 43 from deep. And the Bucks make three three-pointers, which I think is the fewest threes in a playoff game. Did, did I hear like in 28 years or something to that effect? I mean, this was like insane how just completely anonymous the Bucks were from three today. I It, it was bizarre. And the probably the, the craziest part was the Boston Celtics basically said, all right, Giannis, you tore us apart, not with your scoring, mm-hmm. but with your passing. We're going to just actually dare you to try to beat us one-on-one against our guys. We'll bring late help, but we're not going to like double team you all over the place. And we're just going to see if you can single-handedly beat us, you and Drew Holiday, since you guys are the only people that can like actually dribble the basketball and go to the basket. And unfortunately, super slow start for Giannis. Overall, still pretty inefficient game for him. And Celtics get out to a huge lead and never really look back. Bucks make it a little close in the second half at various points, but never really in doubt. Um, Camille, what did you make of the adjustments from Ime Udoka and the Celtics tonight? And maybe a lot, as part of that, like, I mean, how how concerned were you coming out of this game? Um, well, so coming into game two, I expected for Boston to come out strong I expected them to respond because that's what good teams do you're at home you got smacked around in game one now it's time for a response and the Celtics definitely came out with a response like 
after the Jays, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they had terrible game ones, came back in game two, combined for 59 points. I mean, in the first half, it was like Jalen Brown couldn't do any wrong. Like, it was the part in the the first quarter where Grayson's holding out, and I, I said out loud, "This is not a this is not a good thing here." Next thing I know, Grayson's on the ground, the shots are going in, and memes are going all up over Twitter um, with Grayson's face just just all over the place. Nothing I can say about that one, but it just was one of those types of games. Like as you mentioned, twenty made threes while the Bucks only made three. We've heard Giannis and the Bucks. <laughs> before in the past talk about you know math problems it's a math problem and it was a math problem for the Bucks tonight yes they won the battle in the paint by 30 points but when you lose the three-point war 60 to nine <laughs> <laughs> like just let that sink it 60 to nine uh bad things are going to happen it was just one of those games where the guys who were missing shots in game one for Boston came back in this game, were making them. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were making contested shots on top of that, too, in addition to the open looks they got when the defense broke down or Tatum tried to relocate and he got lost uh, twice in the fourth quarter, which were heartbreakers. It wasn't likely the Bucks were going to be coming back, but it was like every time we got close, got into 13, here comes another three, another heartbreaker, another dagger for the Bucks to have to deal with. And, yeah, it just was. It was not a fun time tonight. It was not a fun time for the Bucks. Um, and as you mentioned, Giannis, he was just looking frustrated at times. It was encouraging to see how he came out in the, the third quarter, uh, but fourth quarter came and it seemed like the Celtics kind of woke back up, even though the offense wasn't clicking for him. That defense never went to sleep. Yeah, I, I think I always struggle with what to make of sort of games. When when it gets out of hand really quickly, you know, Celtics are up 25 at halftime. You know, the Bucks got some things going with the dribble handoffs from Giannis and the Celtics sort of just basically just staying like not letting him get open on the the roll to the to the empty corner and just basically just letting Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen and guys drive to the basket for layups. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, is that because Boston was up by 15 to 20 most of that time? Is that reflective of how they'd play? if the game was really tight again, they did come out and played pretty straight up. And that's, mm-hmm. I think the big reason why we saw so, so few threes attempted. I was just looking at bucks, fewest three point attempts this season. You want to, you want to guess what the fewest number of three point attempts was for them this season before tonight. I'm assuming before um, tonight. Yes. This was definitely the fewest tonight. Let's say, let's say 24, 25. Very mm. good guess. Camille. It came in the, Clippers lost where they played none of their best players. So throw an asterisk on that. Um, the one they lost 153 to 119. They made eight out of 25 in that game. And their fewest threes made in a game this year was six for 31 against the Bulls in January, the game that they won 94 uh, 90, that first game of, uh, yeah. of the season series. So, um, so yeah, this was certainly for this season, you know, a game without precedent bucks, just three out of 18. I, I was hoping maybe the, the scrubs at the end, the last two minutes would maybe hit one or two just to, you know, make it look slightly more respectable, but no, they missed like two or three more uh, mm-hmm. for good measure. And um, you know, it just so much of the, what the bucks were able to overcome in game one with their half court offense being garbage uh, was the fact that they had that huge advantage in the half in, in transition. And I thought yeah. they're not going to win the 28 to eight again, but they should still win that tonight. 
six to six in fast break points officially. Um, kind of remarkable they had 54 pain points, getting only six in transition. I honestly was surprised that Boston only had six transition points because it felt like they had a couple of runouts there on dunks that were big momentum plays. But uh, but yeah, the fast break game was taken away. Bucks, 60, uh, let's see, six, 17 team turnovers. Boston ended up with 16, so similar, but overall that huge advantage in points off turnovers as well as the fast break points was completely unraveled. And ironically, the Bucks in half court this game uh, were actually better uh, than they were in the last game, they they were had 87 points per per 87 points per 100 uh, points per play. Last game they were under 80. Both teams were under 80. Boston was at 99, which is uh, a little bit above average. Bucks still below average. So, you know, again, the the half court offense actually was better in this game, but the problem was there was just too much of it, and uh, ultimately the Celtics just ate from three point range, and ultimately, you know, like as you said, when they needed it, it got a little respectable. At, at, towards the end there, but you know, 12, 13 points in the fourth quarter, Jason Tatum, then, you know, he, he's kind of one of these guys who like when the momentum's going, it seems like he plays better. He's kind of like a front runner mm-hmm. in that regard. And he kind of helped put the bucks away. And again, 23 point deficit at, at the end. I don't think this game was ever really that close. Bucks never got it to single digits after the first quarter. Um, and yeah, just not the way obviously that, that they wanted to, 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 to see game two go, but Ultimately, your one-one going back to Milwaukee—that was probably the goal coming in. So, kind of a glass half full, glass half empty type situation. Yeah, definitely. And and to your point about the Celtics' defense, credit to their defense tonight. The adjustments that they made were weren't necessarily like huge adjustments, but bringing the help a little bit later, not double teaming Giannis immediately and leaving the shooter wide open where he could just see it right away, see where someone's running from and throw it, and having to have him process really quick. Like, are they doubling this time? Are they not? And Honestly, they're just playing some very physical defense on Giannis. He's still missing a lot of shots that I feel like normally he makes or he's normally used to getting a foul call for. So you could see his frustration just building throughout the game. I think it was in the third or the fourth quarter where he got a delay of game because he scored a bucket, uh, held him to the ball. And he's just like, I know he was thinking like, I just got, I'm getting hammered out here and it is nothing being called. Um, but if that's the frustration file that we're going to get from Giannis, a delay of game, I will take that over uh, a quick reach or him running over somebody or something like that, where sometimes his temper can cause him to get into some foul trouble. So just a delay of game, I guess that's a, a little plus from that situation, but I don't know. It, it was tough. And like you said, it's really hard to gauge what to take from this game in comparison to the first game, because the first game was pretty much like if everything went right for the Bucks, here's what it will look like. And then game two was like, if, if everything went wrong, here here's what you have going on for you. And coming into the series, I thought it was going to be um, a long series. I was thinking it was going to go seven. Um, I had conversations with some of my tech file guys, like how are y'all seeing the bucks coming out of this series as the victor? Like in what world and what uh, multiverse, if you're a, a Marvel fan, do you, do you see this happening? And they just kept pointing to the defense, like the defense will figure it out. It'll lead to the points. And the bucks did not play bad defense tonight for the most part. Like Celtics were making some really tough shots here, but the problem here was, I mean, Brooke, We've been used to seeing Brooke eat a little bit, uh, one for two, only getting two shots up. That's that's kind of hard to see um, all of the others 
as you mentioned, Frank, with the way they were playing defense, they weren't even able to get up as many threes as they normally would. Like Pat had a good game, six for seven. He looked all right, even after he got his arm caught in a wrestling maneuver. Uh, <laughs> By the way, thank thank God Pat didn't like dislocate his elbow or something, um, because that that could have gone really wrong really quickly. And amazingly, he finished up basically the next play practically with yeah. a left-handed driving layup on another one of those dribble handoffs from Giannis. But that was definitely scary. And the last thing the Bucks need is to lose another wing already being down Chris Middleton. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what else is amazing? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you know what's coming. <laughs> Built Bar. Built Bar is amazing. And we need some amazing news after this Bucks loss that we got tonight. So you know summer is coming, even in Milwaukee, where, you know, it might be 40 degrees, but summer is coming. I assure you it is. And with that being said, you're going to need some food on the go. And Built Bar is the perfect snack for you on family vacations, when you're out with your friends, stick them in your bag, put them in your backpacks if you have kids, throw them in there too, because Built Bar is healthy and delicious. That's right. Healthy and delicious. You don't have to sacrifice taste for health when it comes to Built Bar. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate, not just something that they're throwing here to try to, you know, get, get some health benefits, but like the taste is what matters with Built Bar and it's what comes first. And when it comes to taste, they even have crazy flavors like banana cream pie and churro. Can you imagine a delicious tasting churro bar that's actually healthy for you? You don't have to imagine it. You can get that with Built Bar. <laughs> Most Built way, Bars. Kane is listening to this. In, he's in Tasmania, uh, which is a real place for those yes, wondering. They apparently have a new basketball team. I'm sure he's sitting there eating a built bar on on the go. He it was he said oh, yesterday it was his first his first time on a plane uh, in like two years since the pandemic started. So I I, I, I hope and trust that Kane had a couple built bars packed away in his uh, in his backpack on on that trip. Now you know Kane had to have some built bars packed in his bag because it's only 130 calories when you're on the go like Kane is. You know you're, you're going from job to job now, from country to country. Here you got to make sure that you're doing right. And built bars have about 17 grams of protein in each bar. So you compare that to a normal candy bar, which normally has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, all of these net carbs. Built bar is the only answer. So everyone listening, make sure you go to built.com to get all of your favorites. Even Kane's favorites, which probably involve coconut. I coconut, disagree with that. Coconut yeah. almond. Oh, Go ahead and get those. Get you're those stuck, flavors with, you're if you stuck want. with another coconut person here. <laughs> oh, you know, no, sorry. not the coconut. Also, but <laughs> yeah, you and Justin, you and Justin can be the uh, the anti-coconut crowd. Yes, See, that, give, that, me, that, give me a salted that. caramel bar. Give me a salted <laughs> caramel. But whatever flavor you want, you can go to belt.com and get that. Your offer, Locked 15, will get you 15% off of your order. So make sure you head to built.com, use lock15 and get 15% off your order at built.com. Kane, I hope I made you proud with that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it figures the only ad read today is a built bar in Kane's it's absence. Perfect. So, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. But speaking of what's not perfect, we got to go back to reality here. It was fun to get away with the built bar for a second, but uh, the Bucks here, Giannis in game one, 11 for, or I'm sorry, nine for 25 of the field, game two, 11 to 27 from the field. This might sound like a silly question to some, but I know it's going to come up in conversation with national media. We have a long time off before game three, so there's going to be a lot of different conversations happening. Do the Celtics have Giannis figured out? 
I, I probably wouldn't use the term figured out. I think they have the individual defenders in, in Horford and Grant Williams who can make him work. And when he's not sharp, he's not just going to be able to, and, and I think as a team too, um, he's not going to get the kind of random easy buckets off of pick and roll, especially with Chris Middleton out, alley-oops, things like that. I mean, he really has to create everything for himself right now. And so I think, you know, the, like I always sort of struggle a little bit. Like we've seen, I feel a lot in the playoffs, not just against the Celtics, but I think people like to trot out the like, oh, when defended by this player, so-and-so shot, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always kind of a little deceiving to me because so often, you know, what do guys kind of pad their their efficiency with? Well, it's like runouts and plays where they're not really guarded by anybody, right? Like a put-back dunk, a transition dunk, things like that. Um, and Giannis, obviously does a fair bit of his work in transition. We saw that in game one, not necessarily with his scoring, but with his playmaking. And, you know, he's he has like big man, like like traits as well, right? He'll get offensive mm-hmm. rebounds, putbacks, things like that. Um, and tonight, you know, one offensive rebound. He had the one offensive rebound put back uh, in the fourth quarter last game. That was his last bucket late in that game. Um, but, you know, again, they're taking away kind of all the easy stuff and making him just essentially post up, go off the dribble, attack 1v1. And, you know, those are always less efficient than uh, than kind of the the potpourri option, which, you know, Giannis and, and most great players are getting um, typically in the course of certainly the regular season. But even against the Bulls, obviously, he was able to score in different ways. And, you know, they've made the Bucks very one dimensional. And again, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see are there ways we saw it. Um, I think we saw him at one point um, finally get like a uh, a pick and roll dump off pass, which I, I'm trying to remember if he got, I think that was the one where Robert Williams like got credit for a block, even though kind of like Giannis went into his arm with his forearm and it mm-hmm. wasn't really a block, but it, there wasn't a foul called. Um, but we've seen very few examples of, you know, Giannis catching it, catching like a pocket pass, rolling down the middle of, uh, of the lane to, to go at, at the basket, you know, off a pass. Right. Um, it's all been pretty much like Giannis ISO uh, Giannis in transition or, Giannis posting up. And so I, I think, you know, again, trying to temper my expectations a little bit because I, given the scenario, I don't know how much to make of the success they were having off those dribble handoffs where Bucks wings were able to get to the rim repeatedly. You know, the upside of that is that if the, if the Celtics do try to help more or if the Celtics had to, you know, have Giannis's man kind of come over and try to help, then you've got that little dump off to Giannis for a layup. Obviously, he they weren't giving those to Giannis, so those are an, another kind of easy basket that that he's not getting. Um, so again, I th- I think it's to me it's largely about the shots that you know they're not letting him get the easy stuff they're not letting him get, and they're forcing him to have to take shots that are hard. And you know, again, like was was Giannis in his bag tonight in the way that we've seen him at times with his jump shooting, um, with some of his you know kind of like little short hook shots, things like that. No, he was definitely not. Um, his his t- touch was very much lacking. He starts the game 0 for 6. What, he was 2 for 11? I think he was 1 for 10 slash 2 for 11. So again, the glass half full would say like, well, you know, he went from 1 for 10 to 11 for 27. Hey, that means he finished the game 10 for 17. And those were not easy baskets, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. was literally having to work his butt off and attack. And we saw that, you know, again, the guys he's going up against, it's not, you know, prime Bill Russell or something um, as good as Horford and, and Grant Williams are. 
um, he can still score on them, especially if they're not getting much help. And I think Robert Williams, especially, I think Robert Williams, he probably has the best chance of getting, mm -hmm. you know, decent looks at driving to the basket. Um, but as you said, too, the whistle is never going to be as favorable probably in the playoffs. And once again, five and nine from the foul line tonight, not great. Six of 11 last game, you know, his free throw shooting always is worse in the playoffs, it seems. So again, you hope going home, uh, he starts to shoot a little bit better from the foul line. Hopefully, again, continues to really, again, kind of push push the Celtics and really attack them. Um, because I thought that was one thing early in the game. It felt like he was settling for just some jump shots. Mm -hmm. And it felt like he kind of got into attack mode. Maybe took him a little bit too long to get into attack mode. And he was maybe sort of feeling the game out, which in the regular season, you know, I think it makes sense that he sort of, you know, and he's talked about this, like he knows he can't just put his head down and try to be a battering ram on every, in every game, like on random Tuesday nights against the Pistons or whatever, right? Like he's got to look out for his body a little bit, but now it's the playoffs and he's got to attack and he's just got to be sharper to an extent and be more effective, be more efficient because if the Celtics keep doing this, then, you know, it kind of becomes a referendum on him and Drew Holiday because those are the two guys that can create for this Bucks team. They do not have really other guys that can do that right now. And if basically they're just going to stay home on shooters, then Giannis is going to have to punish them by being a really efficient scorer. And, you know, it's funny if you told us, you know, pregame that, uh, you know, it's sort of the extremes, right? If you told us pregame that the Bucks would win the paint battle 54 to 24, yeah. we would have felt like, oh, man, that's a great sign. But, oh, well, yeah. And if you had told us that they would be outscored by 51 points <laughs> from two-point range, we would have like, oh, okay, did, did they lose by 40? You know, uh, so... This has just been such an interesting series mm -hmm. in terms of just the extremes of kind of how teams are sort of making each other play. And I thought, you know, again, my biggest concern, I think, if you're the Bucks, is maybe not that that the Celtics have figured out Giannis, but they at least have a path to make his life hard. And yeah. you're going to just need Giannis to be great. I mean, yeah. flat out, right? Like, this is what the playoffs are about. He's shown he can do this. Um, you know, he was more efficient as a scorer today than he was in game one. Uh, but the difference was he didn't have the playmaking guys hitting shots around him and six turnovers, obviously not not ideal. So um, I think they have a good enough defense, you know, no shock here. They can make him really work. And he's just going to have to be sharper, more effective, you know, hit jump shots. He at least hit a three in the third yeah. quarter. Um, he's going to have to hit more free, more of his free throws. You can't shoot 55% um, to really punish the Celtics. And then again, if he can be effective, then, you know, hopefully you're not in a position where you're down 20, 25 points. And again, they're not really feeling pressure to, to play differently. Um, if you can really punch him early, then maybe they start doubling more. Maybe they start doing things and then you're going to have opportunities to kick the ball out to, to shooters and get them some good looks. But tonight that just never happened. Yeah, it never happened. And if there's one thing that I would say Bucks fans could look to and have some optimism, it's the fact that Giannis does tend to get better as series goes on. Like he tends to see the first few games, figure things out. He might start off hot, but it seems like with the playoffs, as the series go on, Giannis gets stronger. So there is hope in seeing what he did in the second half 
can also lend to that optimism, just saying like, okay, he's starting to see and figure it out. He's figuring out how to be aggressive against his particular defense, finding his spots. You would assume that when he gets back home in Milwaukee uh, with our crowd, that he he might be able to put it together and actually do what the Celtics are daring him to do. And that's you beat us, <laughs> you beat us. And it's, I mean, it's somewhat similar to how the Bucks play where it's like in the Chicago series, it's like, we're going to take away DeRozan. We're going to take away Levine. Everyone else try to beat us. And if you can, Hey, tip of the hat. If you can't, which we figure you won't, <laughs> you know, it's going to go our way. And you look at a game like tonight where, as I mentioned before, the others for Boston was working. We weren't able to contain Tatum and Brown as effectively as before. So their stars showed up and Giannis and Drew, they struggled tonight. If we're just being completely honest here. I mean, there were times where Drew was ISOing and I was like, we need to reset. Like this just does not feel like the right possession to be doing this right now. Can we run some type of action uh, to get the ball in some other hands, get some movement because you just trying to take Grant Williams on here one-on-one isn't working out for some reason, or, I mean, Grant Williams, I just have to say like that guy is a house. Like he, he, he does not get moved and to be what six, six it's, it's impressive to see just how sturdy and stout he is defensively. Um, But you got to figure it has to, they have to figure it out. I mean, we have what three games until game three. So three days until game three. So they have some time to take look at the tape. I think there are things here in the second half that you can take into game three. Um, but got to be clearing with the ball. As you mentioned, Giannis had six turnovers by himself. I think the second quarter is when things just really started getting out of whack for the Bucks with the turnovers. I think they had um, seven turnovers in the second quarter alone. Like it just, it was already out of hand. And then you let the, the rope go even more in the second quarter. And then you're looking at halftime with a 25 point deficit to come back from. And that is a lot of work. Uh, you saw in the third quarter how much effort it took from Giannis trying to like push through, like we are going to make a game of this. And another Marvel reference here because, you know, Doctor Strange 2 comes out on Friday. So I've been in my Marvel bag, but it made me think just like, okay, we shaved eight points off, I think, in the third quarter of that lead. When Thanos gets hit and he's just like all this for a drop of blood, where it's like, what, what more? <laughs> like, it's just like, it's a good effort. Uh, but it's not going to do a lot for us tonight. And that's just how this game felt. Every time it seemed like it was getting back close or that the Bucks were going to be in, in shooting range, it would just it would just leave a turnover. Uh, Brooke might have an amazing block like he did, but the offensive rebound bounces out to Grant Williams, who hits a three. Like it, it just it was things like that that were constantly happening where it's like the Bucks weren't helping themselves, but the ball just was not bouncing in their way either. But like I said, the hope here is that Giannis continues to get better as the series goes on, um, that he comes out game three, we're able to defend home court, that Drew can get some things going. I know he's been tired playing defense and then also trying to do it on the other end, but uh, I will say if there's a positive spot for the Bucks when it comes to that Boston roster, uh, it's Derek White. I don't mean to pick on him, but he was absolutely terrible tonight and I kept thinking he's going to be our chance to get back into the game like he's going to be the chance and nope it it still it still wasn't enough because everyone else had it going but um yeah I think there's some things here that the Bucks can can build off of for for game three and and come back we knew it was going to be a series we knew it wasn't going to be easy we knew that Boston wasn't Chicago so it should not be a surprise or a shock that the series is tied if anything like you said Frank 
It's a half glass, half like it's half full. Like we stole a game on the road. If we can defend home court, we're in good position. Yeah, it's uh, l- let's just hope that the Bucks theme for this playoffs will be that game two is always the low point. Um, you know, we saw game two at home against Chicago, obviously hugely disappointing effort, especially after game one was not a pretty sight either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chicago just came out and, and outplayed them and had was feeling great going home tied tied one one. This obviously different scenario, given the Bucks are the road team. Um, but once again, game two is obviously, you know, you hope the low point. Um, and I, I don't know. I <laughs> It was kind of funny. First, so I don't know what you thought of Stan Van Gundy. I normally like Stan oh, as boy. a color guy. It was a little funny. Like, does Stan just, like, love charges? Like, I remember, like, early in the game, there was one where, like, I think it was actually one that got called on, on Tatum on Wes. And, you know, it was like, eh, it's kind of marginal, you know, like, was he really like set when Tatum was going up? Um, I'm very sensitive to like the actual rule, just because obviously we watch Giannis and people mm-hmm. are always trying to take charges on him. And Sam was just like, you know, oh, yeah, that's a charge. And I was just kind of like, okay. And then in the, what was the, was it the fourth quarter? He was like, I guess the refs just don't want to call charges call on it, Giannis. Yeah. And, you know, Grant Williams had sort of flopped. Um, you know, he played reasonable defense, was moving his feet. Um, you know, was trying to stay in front of him, kind of goes down really easily, and then Giannis scores. Uh, and Stan's just, and then maybe this is because, you know, Stan had just, has watched Giannis just, you know, crush his teams, including, uh, I guess, the Pistons a couple of years ago in the first round of the playoffs. Maybe Stan's just, you know, feeling salty uh, having had to watch that. But it was a little funny to me. It was just like, because that's one of the things that I find just like bizarre about basketball is like refs and people who like want more charges. Um, yeah. And and want to like sort of uh, you know encourage people to to not play defense but just to fall down uh, that that I just found kind of kind of bizarre and he also had a comment at the end when they were talking about like Boston's three point shooting and he made the comment that he thought it was sustainable and I was like I mean they're twenty of forty three man like that that's like that that ain't normal you. <laughs> Playoff record for him, I believe. Yeah, like it feels like the playoff record, the, the team playoff record, shouldn't be like considered sustainable. No. Um, I, that said, I thought the Celtics, like you know, they kind of started taking to an extreme that he that Stan did also point out where you know they were driving, driving to kick and driving to draw help and and kind of work the ball around, which I think you know I think it was good that they weren't like just trying to ram the ball down the, the Bucks' throats inside mm-hmm. after last game. Like I think they were patient. They drove to try to get get you know the Bucks to send extra help, kick the ball out, set up open threes. You know, hey, they deserve credit, right? Like they, I'm I'm curious to see what the open shot numbers look like from this game. I was I found it actually interesting. They were uh, I think 10 for 21 on wide open threes in game one. The Bucks were eight of 22. So actually, the Celtics like shot really well on open threes in game one. I'm sure the numbers will look very good as well. <laughs> <laughs> on wide open threes in game two and the bucks i don't know how many wide open threes they had uh Giannis had had some because they weren't really guarding him um but i thought you know they did obviously a great job of really cutting that off from the bucks and you know again uh the bucks best players are just going to have to be able to to eat one-on-one mm-hmm. against uh against the celtics if if that's the way they're going to play and after tonight i mean why would they suddenly play you know, differently, right? Um, yeah. Given that they've, you know, in reality, they've played two good defensive games against the Bucks, And tonight, really, the way they cut off the three-point line, I thought, you know, I'm sure uh, Udoka will will feel really happy with that and they'll probably do something similar 
in game three. So, um, so let's, let's, I mean, we've got three days off here, which is really annoying by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> three days off is really annoying. Um, Marcus smart probably sounds like he'll probably be able to get healthy enough to play again. Um, which I don't honestly, like when he was ruled out, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know how much it even matters. Like as bad as Derek white is like, they were awesome with his on him on the floor this year. Like they were like plus 12 or something like they, they basically became awesome when Derek white arrived, even though he didn't play that well this year for them. Um, and you know, you just knew with the energy and all that, like, I just didn't feel like Marcus smart was really that essential to things, especially how dinged up and banged up he was in the second half. Like, do you want injured Marcus smart running around for the Celtics? I don't know if that he's, that he's helping. They bucks probably needed Marcus smarts injured, but running around shooting, you know, <laughs> he checked threes because maybe that could have given them a little more of a chance. But, um, but anyway, we'll see. I, I'm, my guess is smart comes back. Um, you know, we always talk about game three being this pivotal game. I forget mm-hmm. what the number is, but usually there's, there's some stat, right? There's like 70 some percent of teams that win game three when it's tied one, one tend to go on to, to win the series. So I, I view game three as pretty damn critical. And, you know, again, I, if the Bucks lose game three and, you know, still win the series, I'd be surprised. I think they need to win game three in order to win this series. Um, you know, I mean, we were kind of alluding to a little bit. Obviously, you hope the home crowd gets after it. I mean, is there anything else that that you would see that you'd like to see from Bud? Um, something you'd see from the players? I, I have one thing in mind, like, you know, in terms of like player adjustments, um, you know, who's, who's involved, things like that. I have one. I'm curious to see what you're thinking if you're thinking similarly who do you, who or what do you want to see on saturday that maybe we didn't see tonight or, or so much from the first two games um i felt like i could have done with a little bit more pat and a little less javon tonight um and it's not to discredit javon's defense we, like we've seen what he's been able to do he had an excellent game one um and he brings a lot defensively and he also had like a really sweet uh midi tonight where he just kind of curled off and hit it. I was like, oh, that was really nice. But one for one. Uh, yeah, one for one. But I feel like because of how much attention the Celtics defense has been putting on Giannis, been putting on Drew, we need some guys out there that can can get a shot off. And we know one thing Pat is going to do. Uh Pat's going to find a way to get his shot off if you give him the ball, uh what an ideal circumstance. Uh, so like I mentioned, six for seven tonight. Wish that Grayson Allen could have also been able to find some more, you know, wiggle room. But the way they were playing defense on other shooters, it just was a little bit difficult. But we saw that Pat was able to take it to the hole a little bit as well, which you need in this series, it feels like. So if I could see a little bit more Pat, I would definitely be happy about that. I need to see a more involved Brooke Lopez. That that was my yeah, that too. That was the one I was thinking of. And, you know, I, I made the comment after game one this feels like a series where you're going to need at least one or two games where Brooke pops up and is flashing to the pain and is the safety release valve or, you know, is running pick and rolls uh, when Giannis is on the bench or, or something to, to get more involved and give you like one of those, like, Oh man, Brooke Lopez gave us, you know, 17 points on 11 shots mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, you know, maybe actually make some threes. Right. I mean, again, I'm always like, I'm, I'm not a very, um, I'm not very excited about Brooke shooting a lot of threes, but I mean, tonight he didn't shoot a single, he three. didn't shoot any, he didn't shoot a single <laughs> three. One. He was one out of two um, minus 18 with five fouls. Uh, they obviously went small for extended stretches. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's one of those things that Bud is going to have to figure out. Um, you know, I don't think you really have, I don't know that you really have a lot of 
options to play really small. Um, you know, like if you're playing Giannis without either Bobby or Brooke, just given no Chris, um, man, I don't, I don't know so much about that. I mean, the obvious, the obvious, uh, grouping to go there is, is Pat and Grayson essentially mm-hmm. like slotting in for, for Brooke and Bobby. And you basically are just playing a bunch of wings essentially, uh, to try to space the floor around Giannis. Um, you know, again, like probably that maybe that can be a combination that works in fits and starts, but the flip side is obviously you're going to give things up in terms of the rim protection, um, with only Giannis out there, you're going to give things up on the glass. Uh, and you know, I, I thought one of the areas they, that really hurt them tonight was the fact that, Hey, they did a good job on the defensive glass. The bucks did 82% defensive rebound rate, but Boston had 87% defensive rebound rate. So, uh, so for all the bricks that the bucks threw up tonight, um, you know, they only had five offensive rebounds. Uh, and obviously, you know, again, uh, they have to figure out ways to manufacture points. We seen it, saw it last year. Doing that with second chances was was a major way that they were able to use their size. Um, but you know, Boston's not small, right? Um, yeah. You can smart out. I mean, Derek White's actually a a big guard, yeah. right? I mean, he's six five, uh, six eight wingspan. So Derek White isn't isn't small. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I I don't. It's not like you just throw the ball in the post to Brooke Lopez. That's not really the kind of guy he he is anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think they have to figure out ways to to maybe get him into some actions. Um, you know, again, maybe put him into more pick and rolls, have him roll down the middle of the lane, use that touch uh, from you know ten to fifteen out feet out where he's comfortable. Um, you know, just figure out ways to get get him more engaged. But uh, you know, again, obviously, as long as they feel like they can just play one on one and not have to send help to to Drew and Giannis, then it makes mm-hmm. everything harder for everybody else. Um, and I thought obviously they did a much better job tonight of getting back on defense for Boston, but again, making so many shots obviously <laughs> really helps cutting down your turnovers and not missing shots. That's a good way to prevent the other team from getting in a transition. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I think this is kind of the, the pivotal game here. Um, you know, again, the Bucks season isn't riding on this game, but, um, I think, you know, again, historically, game threes are the pivotal games in so many series uh, for a reason. And again, if Boston wins on Saturday, then psychologically, I just think obviously they are going to feel, be feeling great going into game three. And at this point, you know, after like your first two, three games, mm-hmm. you know, you've kind of seen probably, especially now that you've each won a game, you've probably seen like most of the kind of adjustments, like kind of like the main uh adjustments that the two teams are going to make it's not like there's another huge wrinkle or you know great thing that that they've been keeping in their back pocket you know waiting for game four to use um so i I definitely going to be interesting to see kind of the back and forth here between yudoka and budenholzer um and see what what bud has dialed up for saturday um let me ask would you would you consider uh taking Bobby out of the starting five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane, Kane, Kane asked me this question before the series, you know, what, what would I want to do lineup wise? And I said, Hey, just go with what had been working, lean into your size. You know, Bobby's arguably your fifth best, you know, he's, he's one of your top five best players anyway, yeah. you know, arguably I'd say better than Wes Matthews. Um, but Wes obviously has a key role, but just play your best guys and kind of see where it takes you. Uh, has anything you've seen from the Buck starters and the way the matchups are going, 
would you consider, you know, Pat is usually the guy that people point to. You could also argue Grayson. Would you consider going smaller on Saturday, or do you think that is feels like more of a panic move and you'd kind of stick with, you know, what had been previously working in the past four games? Yeah, to me, that feels more um, like a panic move. I don't think after this loss you need to make lineup adjustments yet. I mean, if anything, talking about some guys you like to see get some more actions, it would be interesting to see if they could draw some things up for Bobby as well. I mean, Bobby had a pretty decent offensive game, five for seven tonight, and we know Bobby likes to get buckets. So, I mean, I don't think taking him out of the starting lineup does the Bucks tremendous good. Um, and honestly – thinking about the Bucks lineup and just how they've been playing, you take out, if you take out Bobby and you put in Pat, I'm not sure that you gain enough to justify that move at this moment, at least game three might be a different story where we see them come out and Boston is taking advantage of the three big lineup in some way, some forms and fashion. Um, we saw it necessarily bite us in the butt tonight, but when Brooke got his fifth foul, like I was like, first of all, Brooke was really frustrated tonight with the whistle that he was getting in particular, but he gets, you know, the fifth foul and Bobby's right back into the game. So one could wonder like, if it is too much traction on their bodies with starting the three bigs. And then if someone gets into foul trouble, now the lineups are thrown out of whack a little bit more because you can't have your starting five out there because you need to readjust for uh, one of the bigs that you're now missing because Serge Ibaka doesn't look like he's going to get any uh, real playing time oh, in this series. And Gosh. even in garbage time tonight, it just – it wasn't looking sweet for him. So um, I think you just got to keep keep what you're doing um, at the moment and just try to make those little adjustments around around the edges there. To your point, getting Brooke more involved offensively, getting Bobby involved more offensively. Um really just trying to generate some offense um, with this team with Middleton out because tonight was one of those games for sure where you really felt his absence. Um, I'm sure there were probably some Middleton haters after game one saying like, I told you we didn't need Chris Middleton. We're better without Chris Middleton, but you see a game like this where when it gets stuck in the mud and you need a bucket and when Giannis and Drew are your only choices, I'm not saying they're bad choices, um, but Having to try to stop three guys, of course, simple math is going to be more difficult than only having to try to stop two. And the way that Chris gets his buckets, we know he's only been assisted on, I think, like 44% of his buckets this season. Uh, he's just able to get his shot off in a few different ways, uh, a more variety of tricks, I would say, um, than, than Drew and Giannis at this point. So really missing him. Got to try to find offense somewhere. I don't think that taking Bobby out uh, will generate that automatically. So I would just keep it as it is for the moment and just try to be a little bit stronger. Hope that Giannis is adjusting from the first two games, that he's processing it, that he's getting better, that what we saw in the second half was a sign of things to come from him. And uh, hope that the Boston Celtics missed some of the shots they were missing in game one. Um, they were making a lot of contested shots tonight, as I mentioned before, in addition to the open one. So hoping that that regresses to the mean a little bit and that the Bucks can you know return to the mean after a pitiful uh shooting performance from from three and honestly from the free throw line as well it just was not not a good bucks game for him agreed um all right well i'm i'm glad i i i mean i don't know about you camille i i have no desire to talk about this game or this weekend's games uh anymore this week so kane's gonna come back and i know he's got some stuff uh he had some stuff in the works um i think we're both like all right, Kane, out of here. We're, we're out for the week. 
deuces. Uh, you can you can deal with the, the rest of this week. Uh, I don't think national podcasts are going to be very fun. Uh, nope. <laughs> so um, oh boy. we'll uh, we'll just you know I'll just I don't know I'll I'll. I was gonna say I was gonna say oh, I'll start listening to the news, but no, I don't want to listen to the news Mm-mm. either. Oh no! Um, maybe maybe find some true crime. I'll find some true crime. Um, uh, I don't know. There's a joke here about the crimes that the Celtics committed tonight, but I, whatever, not really. Um, so, by the way, how many freaking reviews were there tonight? And why oh did why, like, why did the Horford the the Bobby flagrant on Horford? I mean, first off, like man, that that feels like a soft flagrant. And, but two, like, why did it take so long? Like, you're literally just looking at the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And it's like, what are they talking about? I don't know. There were so many reviews tonight, which um, honestly weren't bad for the Bucks because, you know, like the crowd kind of probably was just like, oh, what's going on? And it just let them like rest Giannis and Drew and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sit around. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be really complaining, but I think it's just fans of the NBA and the product, it it just was was stupid. I mean, we didn't even get a, a clear path review, which are the dumbest reviews possible. And it still mm-hmm. felt like, you know, of the, I don't know how long this game technically went, but it felt like a good 20 minutes of it were spent waiting on reviews oh, to complete. Geez. I mean, and most of it felt like the second half. Like the second half felt like it was just taking forever. Like I sent a text to my uncle and I was just like, how are we still in this? How is this game still on right now? Like we have had so many reviews at this point. When we got to the last one, I was like, What's, why are we here? Why why are we doing this at this point? Let's just all go home, common foul, let's get out of here. Like after the uh, foul on Pat Connaughton was still ruled a defensive foul and there was nothing on Grant Williams for the, the arm bar, I was like, yeah. well, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. So Bobby gets a flagrant there. And it looks like Bobby actually was talking to the ref saying something like, like I got my eye poked out and there like there was no flagrant, but that's a yeah. flagrant. Yeah. Um, which I was like, I, I I feel your point. If I was able to to read what he was saying <laughs> properly, but um yeah, it, it just slows the game down so much. And between that and the take files and the charges, I've officially come over to the please get rid of charges side of things <laughs> in the game. Um, they're dangerous. Just play defense. I'm tired of seeing guys just fall down and people are saying, oh, good defensive effort. Like, no, play defense and, and try to get a stop. So, yeah, I could go on a rant about that, but we've already been here uh, we've been quite we've some been, time. We've been here a lot. Kane, t- Kane challenged you to control me um, and not let <laughs> me go crazy talking my head off. But um, I feel like we've been equal opportunity talkers to Camille tonight. Oh, yeah, I feel like. Sure. Um, so that, that's good. Uh, well, I mean, the game was not fun, Camille, but I feel a little bit better and in better spirits, uh, having talked it out with you. Uh, Kane will be back tomorrow. Uh, as I said, we will, we will not, we're taking the rest of the week off. We'll decompress. Uh, we're going to need a palate cleanser after that. Um, but game three, Saturday, pivotal game three, uh, I will, plan to talk to Kane after that game. And I, I hope it is a more enjoyable conversation than this one, Camille, not because of you, but because of the game. And uh, again, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, go, uh, go talk to a friend, go play outside. I don't know how the weather is in Milwaukee right now, but uh, not great. <laughs> yeah, go for a walk tomorrow. Don't think about, uh, about NBA basketball for a day or two uh and then get ready for saturday and uh a 1-1 series that hopefully will still be an entertaining one and maybe be 
less of a rock fight <laughs> moving forward. We'll see. <laughs> no promises. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. See you.